blast myself. It's life worth living, should I blast myself? I'm tired of being poor and even worse, I'm black. My stomach hurts, so I'm looking for a purse to snatch. Cops give a damn about a Negro. Pull a trigger, kill a nigga, he's a hero. Get it back to the kids who the hell care. One less hungry mouth on the welfare. First ship of dope, let him kill the brothers. Give him guns, step back, watch them kill each other. It's time to fight back, that's what Huey said. Two shots in the dark, now Huey's dead. I got love for my brother, but we can never go nowhere unless we share with each other.
Greetings and salutations. Welcome back to yet another Primal Beast podcast. I welcome you all, man. Everybody who's anybody that wants to be somebody and you already somebody. Welcome to the Primal Beast podcast. You know, in this podcast, man, this is going to take a different uh, tone here. I'm going to go away from what I normally talk about, you know, with the whole thing of primal attraction, dealing with the ladies, because I got something that I really want to address right now. In fact, this is my State of the Union address on the George Floyd situation and Black Lives Matter. Let me say this. First and foremost, man, this ain't nothing to play with no more. I, for one, as a black man, and many black people, and I believe citizens in the United States, we are tired. We are sick and tired of being sick and tired of the criminal injustice from our own, quote-unquote, police officers that have pledged and taken an oath to serve and protect us as U.S. citizens. Red or yellow, black or white. Unfortunately, this is what's not been happening in the history of our country. And how long? Now again, let me say this in my disclaimer. I am not here to incite or encourage or admonish or urge any type of looting, rioting, violence of any kind. But please, everyone that's everyone, understand. See, my voice right now is different. You're not going to get that from me. Oh, let's be peaceful. Let's not, man. Everybody is like, fuck that right now. The tensions have been mounting. We have seen this officer. And I got a lot of family in Minnesota, Minneapolis, St. Paul area. That's home for me, bro. Even though I've never lived there, I go there quite often. I got a whole host of family there. My grandmother, Dilly Departed, lived there. I have aunties and uncles and cousins that currently reside there. And they've resided there, you know, for many years. Almost about what? We're talking about a 30-year span here. Shout out to Steven Jackson. I know him personally. As he spoke on the death of his best friend and brother, George Floyd. And my condolences are with his family. And anybody's family, black or white, that have lost life, especially at the hands of these ruffians known as police officers. You know, even for me, man, this is near and dear to my heart because there have been several times I've been driving. I wasn't speeding. I wasn't inebriated, intoxicated. I didn't get pulled over because I ran a stop sign or... You know, I didn't obey the traffic signs and the laws. No. 
strictly racially profiled, pulling me over. You know, they got something, you know, where they do street sweeps. And every black man knows about it. It's a shame as a black man, we feel like we're haunted. Every black man knows, watch my rearview mirror. Oh, is that a cop behind me? Uh-oh, well, thank God it's not. If there is one behind you, you freeze up because you realize that it's a shame you may not make it home today. You, you may, the possibility if you get in jail is highly likely. Or even killed, highly likely. And to those, and to those people that say, oh man, people shouldn't be doing this, they should go home, shut the fuck up. See, because here's the problem. Black men, we keep getting bullied. This is how I see it. When you're in the face of that white officer, even that black officer, because guess what? I've also had, I've had, in fact, more negative experiences with black cops than white cops, believe it or not. So for me, I don't even look at this as a black, as a white cop thing. It's just these, it's just these cops when they come out here. They have been given too much leeway, too much leniency, too much power, too much authority. Now, we understand they have to uphold the laws of the land. We understand that we need law and order. And for the simple-minded people that keep saying, well, what's wrong? Black people kill black people. Again, shut the hell up. Because you're missing the point. When any citizen calls the police... Whether you're black, whether you're white, whether you're Asian, whether you're Hispanic, whether you're uh, Native American, you're calling them for your right as your citizen right to be protected, for them to look into the matter and restore peace. Whoever needs to be jailed, they get jailed off. If we have to schedule a court date here, you issue a citation, you take it, tell it to the judge. Right? That's your citizen right. Not in the case of a black man. We've seen this so many times, man. From Michael Brown to Philandro Castillo that also happened in Minnesota. And it's been so many names you know, I want them to have to make a list. That's sad. This hasn't just been in the last five years or 10 years or 20 years or 30 years. This is the history of our country. A license to kill the black man. Take him out. When they talk about fighting war and crime and everything, trust me, the black man, we are public enemy number one. Now, I'm not here to get off into, oh, well, blame me, they do this. No, no, stop it. Stop the victim blaming. Stop the victim shaming. This is not what this is about. In none of these cases have we seen black men with guns, with bombs, or anything. Unarmed black men, dead. Shot on sight. Killed. A father. A brother, an uncle. A grandfather. Because this is happening to all black men, 18 to 80, death, cripple, or crazy. A husband. A teacher. 
a doctor, an entrepreneur, an honest working man, maybe a hustler. They can't go back home. We're tired of the peaceful protesting. All of the hashtag names and making the t-shirts. Because I guarantee you, man, it's a shame that we have to go to extreme measures as citizens in this country just to get attention, just to raise. You know, we're, we're, we're beyond raising awareness. What we're seeing is that our our land is becoming a war zone. We don't want that. Nobody wants that. But people are mad, disgusted, hurt. There's a lot of anguish. A lot of fear. A lot of anxiety. Because at the end of the day, black men, we're just the most understood species on the face of the planet. They understand a hummingbird more than us. The praying mantis is more understood than the black man. That's why I appreciate having this platform. We appreciate having podcasts to get our voice out here. Having free platforms such as, you know, Facebook or Twitter. But people, we're, we're past, we're done talking. When we talk, when we try to be civilized, no one hears us. As far as we look, the, far, the way I look at it, you're just a bunch of punks. Ah, whatever. Oh, really? So now we have to take to the streets and go to extreme measures to get attention. Now, again, if you are going to go out there and protest, man, be safe. Get your point across. Don't escalate things. Don't tear down your own neighborhoods, your own communities. But I have to say also this. We also, what we, what's going on out here, in case you guys don't know. We have agitators and provocateurs that's going out in the crowd, which are leftist, white wing, uh, excuse me, left wing supremacist groups. Known as, I believe the name is Antifa. Okay? It's short for anti-fascist. It describes a broad group of people whose political beliefs often lean far left and do not conform with the Democratic Party platform. And also, many of the Antifa white supremacist group members support oppressed populations and protest the amassing of wealth by corporations and elites. And most of them employ radical or militant tactics to get their message across. See, and, th- and these are the ones that's actually burning down a lot of your stores, your auto zones, your Walmarts, your Targets, your malls, your shopping centers, your plazas. So stop thinking it's just black people out here doing this. No, you have other outside groups that are hired, that who are infiltrators of these protests that starts the riots. I want you guys to understand this, man. They are agents of chaos. They are creators of havoc and turmoil. Okay, they're provocateurs, meaning they're out there to get the police to, you know, try to enact 
militant force against, again, black people. An amazing thing is, shout out to a lot of other non-black Americans who are out there on the front lines, standing with us. I salute you. I thank you all. I see white women supporting black men. I see other white men supporting black men. I see black women supporting us black men. And we need it. And believe it or not, no one likes the police. They harass everyone. Because them pulling you over, writing you a ticket has become a big money grab for the city, state, and local governments. For the county government. You know, it's just sad what has happened, what has transpired. And we are all sick and tired of being sick and tired. And about this whole victim shaming and victim blaming that I just went over, no one can tell a victim how to react. Stop attacking the victim and start looking at the bully. The police, they're the bullies. When I step outside my door morning, noon, and night as a black man, I'm not watching for the next, I'm not watching for the next black man or another white man or Asian man or, or, or any type of woman for that example. You know who you know who public enemy number one is now? You guessed it. The black and blue, the police. Twelve. They're the enemy. Every time we look up, it's a cop killing a citizen. Right or wrong? Normally, especially in the case of black men, wrong. So right now, we're at a place where you're asking the question, do the, do the means justify the ends? I'm going to set up with a resounding, hell yeah, they do. We try being peaceful. We try talking out. We ask for a conversation. I just let you know, it's not a whole bunch of angry black men out there. This man, you got a lot of what what I'm watching on CNN, Fox News, and many other news and media outlets. I see brown people, yellow people, white people. Amazingly, I don't even see a whole lot of black people like you would think you would see. Because we are all sick and tired of the social injustice being forced upon us by our government. There has to be a change. I'm calling for the head of all four of those police officers, man. They all need to be executed, especially the one that did it, executed. The other ones need to serve time. Because they stood there idly and watched this man literally snuff the life out of one George Floyd. Kneel on that man's neck for eight minutes. He's crying for his life, pleading for his life. Going so far to say, Mama! Oh, Mama! You do that to a, to a man? After he's already apprehended down on the ground? That's hatred. That's cold-blooded murder. That's inhumane, bro. 
And the question is, am I next? Is my brother next? Is my uncle next? Is my nephew next? Is my son next? Is my dad next? Is my friend next? Is my neighbor next? Is my coworker next? Because I guarantee you, man, if we don't deal with this now, the buck has to stop somewhere. We don't deal with it now, two weeks from now, another month from now, two, three months from now, six months from now, a year from now, two years from now. We're going to be right back to square one, dealing with this shit all over again. And enough is enough. Again, I'm not about, you know, hooliganism or being or terrorizing your community and, 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 you know, just the land that we live on. I'm not about that. But damn it, I understand it. And so should you, whoever you are. We got to stop standing idly by because, listen, like my daddy always taught me, silence is consent. Silence means you're complicit. And right now, whatever reaction it is, I feel like it's justifiable. I, I got to be honest with it. Whatever is happening, that's because our government has never done anything. They haven't enacted or imposed any type of New police reform. These officers, they put on that badge, they become more hostile, more belligerent, more aggressive, more abusive with their authority and their power on these streets. Going well and far above out of the realms of what they're actually hired to do by the taxpayers' dollars. And I think a lot of even white people are starting to see down. Because see, it's easy for someone, when you're not a group affected by, it's easy for you to sit back and shrug it off. Oh, it's nothing. Damn, well, maybe those guys, you know, maybe they were belligerent. Maybe they're aggressive. Because you don't know the whole story. But when a black man such as myself is trying to tell you the story, you owe it to that man and to yourself. Until that victim, until yourself, to at least try to put yourself in that person's shoe. Because that could easily be you. That's the meaning of true realism and understanding. Even if it doesn't affect you, your family, or your kind. Always be humble, always be courteous. Because now we're seeing it. And everyone that's seen this said, that's not right. This man's knee is on this man's neck. What I propose is this, man, with a lot of these officers moving forward. Number one, they need to stop carrying firearms to the degree that they do. If they come across a citizen or a denizen of the land that... Seems to be irate, belligerent, or what have you. The only force they should take is number one, either trying to wrestle one down to the ground or tase them. 
But these guys are going all the way to the third degree and pulling out a gun on an unarmed man. Mm. And taking his life. That ain't right. That's not justice. That's not equality. That's not liberty for all. That's murder, bro. That's thuggery. That's hooliganism. That's what I propose, man. And any officer that goes out and killing everything, they should lose their citizenship right and be locked up with the inmates, just like if it were me or anybody else that committed homicide. That's what that officer did. It's homicide. That's not police work. In case you guys don't know how this thing works, let me tell you something. The only way an officer is to use deadly force is if his life is threatened with deadly force. Meaning, firearm for firearm. If I bring a knife to a gunfight, that's not, that's not right. In a lot of this case, these black men don't have any type of weaponry on them. They're no threat. Ten out of ten times, the guys are already apprehended. They've already surrendered. They've already thrown their hands up. They've already turned their back and, you know, the officer say, turn around, get on the ground. They already got on the ground. But see, let me say this, man. There's a fear. That these officers naturally have a black men. I, I just got to call it for what it is. And see, when you fear someone because you may look at us. Black men is being unpredictable. Everyone looks at a black man as a savage. Like we have no level of civility within us. Like we're some type of dog. We're some type of animals. Like we don't have a heart. We're just dangerous. We don't give a fuck about nothing. No one sees us black men as family men. God-fearing men, Christian men, maybe Muslim men, seven-day Adventist men, whatever. No one sees us as righteous men that's going out here working a nine-to-five. That's every day constantly trying to better themselves. Black men out here learning the trade, learning the craft, going to school to become doctors or lawyers or engineers or architects. Or trying to start a construction business. Or maybe starting a, a, a food truck. Or his own car dealership. Or get off into the real estate. No one ever sees that. Because the reality of it is. When they see you. It doesn't matter what type of car you're driving. You're a dope boy. How did he get that? How did he acquire that? All they see is a nigga. They don't see a loving father, a loving husband, a loving brother and friend. They don't see a guy that's a provider and a protector. No. They see an alien. They see a monster. Because this is how these officers are being briefed. And see what happens is when you're a white man and you haven't really been around the black community. You haven't been around a black man. 
When you're a white officer, because of your training, coupled with already the right supremacist ideas that you have concerning yourself and how you look at black people, it comes together. Now you're in that moment. It's real, it's raw, it's rugged. You don't see that black man. You you believe everything you've been taught as a as a as a young white kid coming up to a white grown man now. And even a lot of these black cops look at their own kind of black men acting like, you know, they're on the other side of the coin. I get that. But every black man is not a criminal. Out of every 10 black men, there may only be one or two out of 10. That's actually a pookie and a red red that's in and out and in and out of jail. I know plenty of black guys. They're not squares. They're not lames. They don't have felony sheets. They've never been to jail a day in their life. They've never been in jail more than 24 hours or over the weekend. These guys are honest. They're righteous men. They're stand-up guys. They're God-fearing men. They love life. They love people. They work, they go home. That's it. Some they work, they they play hard, they work hard, but they play hard, but they don't bother anyone. They don't have, you know, death and destruction and mayhem on their mind. So the way that America has been conditioned about the black man is all wrong. And see, there's a reality as a black man that I face every day. A harsh reality. You're always, and that is, what is he up to? The one lady that called the police on the one guy that was, a, uh, the one black man that was a bird watcher. I feel my life is threatened. Oh my God, this black guy. He wasn't even thinking about that bitch. He wasn't even thinking about her. There is an incessant and an innate fear that has been perpetuated and it's pervasive through all the land about black men. Why am I only talking about black men? Because in nearly 100% of the cases, these are the citizens that's being killed at the hands of the police. And when motherfuckers sit up there and say all lives matter, that's insensitivity. That's you saying fuck the black man. Fuck black people. We don't do these marches and these hashtags for is it ever a white man? Nah. White woman? Nah. Even a black woman? Occasionally. Gotta call for what it is. Here he is. Here we are. 2020. We had a black president for heaven's sake. And we still dealing with this shit? Amid a global pandemic known as the coronavirus? And we still had this type of nonsense. This type of hooliganism being demonstrated by guess who? The police officers. When their first duty is to preserve life, not to take life. But see, the problem is they don't want to preserve the life of the black man because they don't think that we deserve life. 
They won't. They don't want to preserve because they don't believe that we do that we do deserve. Damn. We saw this even back in the nineties with Rodney King. What happened? What transpired? We can go all the way back to the seventies, to the sixties, back to slavery. Instead of cracking the whip across our back now, they say fuck that. We just pull our guns out and just take his life. And that's his fear, bro. And the words of Jada Kiss in the song, the worst thing in the, 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 the worst thing in the world is a coward with power. It's cowardice. And I would say this to any officer on any force or whatever. If you are that afraid of the streets and everything, a man without a gun, you need to go to church. Go back to your precinct. Go back to the, your, your, your police chief, commissioner, whatever, and say, you know what? I want to resign. I'm not cut out for this. I'm too scared. I had officers tense up on me because incidentally I had my hands in my pocket. Uh, sir, we're going to need you to take your hands out of your pocket. I heard up and did it. Of course I complied. But I didn't even realize that I was being a threat. Yeah, I guess I'm being a threat because I'm a black man. That's all. That fear, man, is what... Cause, let me tell you something. The three, the three most powerful emotions in this world. Fear, love, and jealousy. Because it all leads people to homicide and even suicide. How can an officer be scared? He has a gun. You know, they're, they're commissioned. What else are they cutting these black men out of? Hmm? I know people want to say Hatred. But actually, hatred, in this case, is a derivative of fear. Hmm? You hate the black man because you fear the black man. That's what this is all about. Obviously, they must see the black man as God. He's stronger than me. He's bigger than me. You got four officers on one black man? Five, six, seven, eight, nine officers on one black man? This one officer, your knee on this black man's neck? Hmm. Shameful. I'm not mad at the citizens. See, don't, don't look at all the looting, all of the fires, all of the melee and mayhem. See, that's the effect of the cause. Always look at the causation. Always look at the root of it. Don't look at the aftermath. You always got to look at what started it, what instigated it. How did we get here? Actually, we're doing good to only be at this point, believe it or not. Kudos to all the, the, the black community and the American city, citizens at large. They even have riots over in London and parts of Europe right now because of what's going on. This is about humanity. This is not even about racism, bro. This is about life. Live, love, live. Live, love, life. That's what this is about. 
humanity. That is inhumane to dehumanize the black man. Either kill us or lock us up, huh? This is the day of reckoning. This is the days, these are the days of judgment. We're going to get this shit right. Will there ever be peace? Nah, not until, for me, until that dude get fried, that officer, and those other, and those other what, three officers locked up. And see, I don't want them just telling us something just to do a quantitative easing or to perform damage control. I want to see these guys behind bars. I want to see them in handcuffs. And we want to take them, see them taken into custody. That's the only thing that's going to suffice us as a nation. As a nation. Because this time it has to stop. But this time we're not asking, we're telling you, we're showing you, we're demonstrating this shit. This ain't for play play no more. Uh-uh. Nah, Doc, that ain't what this is. No more. We won't be silent anymore. Like I said, stop looking at the looting and everything. When the injustice stops, the looting will stop. We can return back to normal. So, man, I'm ready for this country. I'm ready for life to get back to normal. And that's another thing. Due to the coronavirus pandemic, listen, tensions are already high. People are already mad. People can't take vacations. People can't work the way they want to. The kids are out of school. There's a lot of fear. There's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of frustration that is already there. You couple this with that, you're looking fireworks. Boom. Napalm. So don't talk to the victims. Talk to the bullies. At every precinct. I don't care how they got to do it. In every city, every state, every town, every county. These officers got to get it together. Because right now we about to have a civil war in this country. Us against them. We the people. Versus the establishment. Then this spills over into everything else that... A lot of American citizens are really frustrated about. See, because see, this George Floyd case, what is what is exposing is that it's not just about police brutality and police injustice. People are acting out because they're upset with a whole lot of things. Number one, you have a lot of people that have their own conspiracy theories about the coronavirus, about the pandemic. Inherently, people are upset with Donald Trump, with the administration. They're upset with the with, with the Democrats, with the Republicans. They just shut down the amusement parks. All the bars, all the clubs, all the restaurants. You know, just the stuff that people do to kind of relax, to kind of unwind, has been taken away. The casinos. 
the sports events. There's no basketball, no baseball, no football, no hockey to watch. There are no gyms to go work out at. No fun centers, no athletic centers, shut down. No entertainment centers, shut down. So you know people have a whole lot of idle time to get out here and really focus on what if things were really normal, we probably wouldn't have the time to do because people would have to go up and get go to work in the morning. People have to go home to their kids and make sure they're getting up for school and getting on school on time. But because everybody is on home confinement, everybody else feels like they're in some type of halfway house being in their home. This is what you get. They don't want to do police reform. We've been ignored, abused, bullied. Okay, shunned. Okay. Yeah. You're still going to keep doing it, being cocky, being arrogant because you're a police officer. What you say, go, shut up, get out of the vehicle. Why am I putting you just get out the vehicle? Sir, why am I getting out? Just get out the vehicle. Why are you pulling me over? Uh, sir, give me your license. Man. No, why are you pulling me over? Then we have a situation. Well, that's just his citizen's right. He doesn't really have to get out the vehicle. Because you asked him to. He doesn't even have probable cause. Probable cause means good reason. You pulling me over? What did I do, officer? Oh, you did nothing wrong. You just look suspicious. Why? Because I'm black? Driving a 2020 Chevy Silverado? Why? Because I'm black? With dreadlocks? Why? Because I'm black? Oh, you fit the description of someone. I've had, man, listen, me personally, I've dealt with all that shit. That shit is very real. These officers do that. And you feel so violated. So disrespected. And for a guy like me, I've called internal affairs. To tell them about their officers. And believe it or not, I got into it with the police chief, with their superior about that officer. Saying that is wrong. Well, sir, no, no, that, that was totally within their right to, no, it's not in their right to violate me. Pull me over and I didn't run a red light or a stop sign. No, in, no, no uh, improper use of, you know, changing lanes. I wasn't speeding. And you're telling me that's right here that he was totally within his right to do so? No, he's not. But see, if I don't comply, you don't have a really good cause for pulling me over. Now you can call for backup and make a scene. For me standing up for my citizen right. Sir, do you have any weapons? Do you have any guns in the car? No. I don't smell like alcohol. Doesn't smell like burnt weed. Are you still fucking with me? Oh, because I know what. You want to just run my, my license to check me for warrants. Yeah. Got it. It's that type of time of year. Got it. It's that time of the month. Got it. You're street sweeping. Trying to take a black man's freedom away. In the name of keeping our streets safe. Mm -mm -mm. 
Yeah, we mad, irritated. Every day a black man leaves out his door in America, he's disrespected in so many ways. You even go to the store. That's some people want to watch. Did he pay for that? Everyone wants to police you. Never mind their business. Always looking over your shoulder. You scold your child in public. A white person may want to call the police on. You walk down the aisle. You see a white lady grabbing her kids. Oh, come on, honey. Come on, come on, come on. Hurry, hurry. As black men, what do we do? We just sit there and laugh, shake our head. That's a shame. Ignorance. But not even, but understanding subconsciously every single day how disrespectful that is. To look at the black man as a rapist or as a thief or as a, you know, as a murderer. You don't know this guy from a, a can of paint. But because he's black, 6'4", 220 pounds. Because he's black, 5'4", 120 pounds. It doesn't matter your stature. You're a black man. And even, I believe they even brief other forms. When you come here, stay away from black people, especially black men. They're the bad guys. But when people actually get around us and see that we're funny, we have personality, we have goals, we have dreams, we have, you know, we, we have things that we're currently doing, investing in business, real estate, stocks, the forex market. Oh, those guys are not bad. Black men, they work. Black men, they own businesses. Oh, black men, they get married. Black men, they're not out here terrorizing neighborhoods and communities. Yeah, sure, a few of them are, some are, but it's not nearly what we've been told about black men. That's what they find out once they're here, once they're around us, if they ever get a chance. Because you know, in America... No one really has to interact with each other. We have Chinatown. They get to stay with their own. Messes, they come here, they basically with their own. A lot of other, you know, uh, cultures and heritage, they're on their own. But when they actually have to deal with us on a day-to-day -day basis at a job or doing business, then they realize Hmm, maybe they're not as bad as they think they are, but still watching them. We're always watched. We're always vilified. Uh -huh. We're always the ones who are martyred, bullied, forgotten about. They don't give a fuck about us. Because for the most part, as black men in this country, if you're not. Bouncing the basketball or throwing and catching the football or in the ring or an entertainer. If you can't tell jokes, if you can't sing or rap or dance, you're a criminal. Hey. Remember, I tell you guys, you mean women. First perceptions, first impressions are lasting impressions. And even then, even if you are a famous black man, 
Thank God he's playing ball because he'll be climbing through my window. Ha ha ha. Black men every day, we always have to try to prove so much. Prove that we're decent human beings. Prove that we're not dangerous. We're, we're civil. We're upstanding. We're, we're lawfully abiding citizens. We love people. We love life. Even so many times I got to say it. Our own black women are against us. We dogs. We players. Deadbeats. Now I get it. With some of this. I'm not saying none of these. You know. Are truths. But it's overhyped. It's overhyped by a bunch. In every race. In every category or um, segment of people. You got your good. You got your bad. You got your ugly. That's how it is. But why can't we have our good, our bad, and our ugly just like everybody else? Why do we all have to just be bad? Why do we all just have to be ugly? Why do we all just have to be thugs? Why do we always have to just be losers? Why do we all just have to be, you know, gangsters and shit? That's only a small segment of the black male populace. Trust me on that. A small segment. Even with white women. Listen, I tell you guys, I'm not prejudiced with women. Now, this even though this hasn't happened to me personally, we even have white women that will sit up there and use entrapment against a black man. Oh, he tried to rape me. He tried to do this. He tried to do that. So I tell you guys, man, as a black man, as a man, period, but especially black man, approach, be careful approaching white girls. Because some of them are weird like that. Always let the women choose you, bro. Red, yellow, black, or white. Let the women choose you. And for our black women, they always want to get on the panels and shit and dog black men out. Even though I, I, I encourage black men not to do that, I can't blame them. On their podcast, on their platform, on going in on women, because women have been doing this to us black men for decades. Look at their own black, look at what their own women say about them. Why would I, as a Puerto Rican or a Dominican or a white woman, want to deal with that? Until those women that's actually, you know, bold enough, that's curious enough to say, you know, let me give this black guy a chance. They end up marrying the black guy. They're like, damn, he's nothing what I thought. I have more, I have a stronger connection with him than I had with my own, with, with, with any white men I've ever been with. Or any Hispanic men or Asian men I've been with. They're very loving. They're very giving. They're very nurturing. nurturing. They're very compassionate. They're very thoughtful. No, black men, they love their women. Black men are not all dolls. All black men don't cheat. I mean, just all around us, we under siege, we under attack. And I'm not here to, listen, don't, don't, listen, don't cry me a river. Poo poo, I'm just talking about the narrative that's been sold for us, to us, about us. That's what I'm talking about, the narrative. I love being a black man. I've accepted who I am. 
In fact, being a black man makes my life a whole lot more interesting. It makes it a whole lot more better. I'm glad that I'm looked at like that because it gives me a chance every day to show and prove. <laughs> and showing and proving oftentimes is the spice of life. When people talk to me and they see that I can use more than four-letter swear words, accomplishment. People look at me and they see I got my own business, accomplishment. When people listen and tune in on, into this podcast, and they see I have something of value to talk about and things to offer, accomplishment. When people see the way I live and the way I drive and the way I present myself and carry myself, accomplishment. When people say I have something to talk about more than just drugs, sex, and rock and roll, accomplishment. When people say I know my Bible, I know my word, I read books, accomplishment. But at the same token, it's very frustrating. At the ignorance. And the, and the images and the narrative and the storylines that have been put out about black men. And I know a lot of people are going to say again, man, but, you know, you got to be honest. Some black people, some black men, they do live up to us. Yeah, they do. Listen, as they often say, in every stereotype, there's a little bit of truth. In every stereotype. And some black guys, they do fit the mold of what the narrative has been sold. But see, that's not even about, let me tell you something, guys. That's why I even tell y'all when you're dealing with women, stop looking at coloration and start looking at class and character and even culture of the woman. So when people always want to say this about this and that about the black man or we may have our stereotypes about the white man or about the Asian man or what have you, be careful with that. Stop believing everything you hear. Don't be a sheeple. Stop being sheepatized. Go and find out for yourself. Just like, again, when I tell you guys about dealing with women. Don't just take my word for it. Put the principles that I, you know, first of all, put the word into work. When I tell you guys, hey, man, get in the gym. Start working out. You know, start at, you know, do how many ever push-ups you can do a day. On In general, you want to get to a point where you can do... 100 push-ups a day. I don't care if it's only a set of 10 push-ups. Start there. 10 push-ups. Another 2 minutes. Another 10 push-ups. Another 10 minutes. Another 10. So on and so forth. It's about gradual improvement. But even when I'm talking about dealing with women, I tell you guys how to, women are sensuous creatures, how to talk to them and everything like that. Put it into practice. If you don't under, if you need more and you want to get more deep in it, reach out to me for personal consultations. That's what it is, man. The reason why I understand about women, I didn't listen to what an uncle or a friend of mine said about women. I learned women on my own, getting out here on the pavement, investigating, being a maverick, being a free spirit, moving with power and dominion. It's the same thing with us. I don't care, even if you're not black. If you don't understand the black men, make you some black friends. See how we are. 
If you're a black man, go outside of the, the realm of your, 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 your uh, get outside of your comfort zone. Pop outside of your bubble. Make you some Israeli friends. Make you some Indian friends. Go to places that are diverse. Normally downtown areas is a great place to go many, in any major city, a small city, whatever, to meet diverse groups of people. Go into a place you've never been before. Start going to networking events, business events. Get a LinkedIn account. You know, start, you know, listen, seeking you shall find, man. If you're a black guy, if you dealt with black women, hey, it doesn't hurt you. I'm not saying you, you don't have to check out on black women. Deal with the white woman. If you're a white guy, and you dealt with white women, you know, and, you, and you're curious about black women, deal with the black woman then. But my whole point for saying all of this is saying this, man. Black men, we are the most misunderstood group of people on the face of the planet. It's like we're just some type of mystery. Even when I go out, it's amazing, man. Even when I have dated other women outside of my they just look at me. And I don't know if it's a look at of, of, of fear, a look of mystery, a look of adoration, admiration. You never know. But I can tell you, me dealing with I well, I'm like, I hope you don't feel. They say, oh, no, not at all. You're just so dreamy. You're just <laughs> not like dead ass. And even for me, I've had white friends of mine that, you know, or associates of mine that have said to me, you know, Explain to me, why do black people do yada, yada, yada? What's soul food? Why do you women braid your hair? Why, you know, why do you guys use this type of lotion and not that? I have no problem with those questions. But I believe that we need to have a real conversation with the police officers. See what they're thinking, how they're feeling, how we're feeling and everything. And then we need to have reform. We got to. Because, listen, number one, they got to stop carrying so many uh, guns with them. All they need is a taser, pepper spray. Gun violence from an officer to a black male citizen should be the last resort, not the first recourse. Then we're crying a hole full of tears and remorse. That's my time for now, man. I really do hope all is well and well is all. I'm wishing you well from the wishing well. Look, man. God bless America. Let's pray. Let's pray for our land. Let's pray that, you know, coronavirus goes away. We could do something about this police reform. And we can get back to life, back to reality. Because for me, this ain't reality. Having all of this, these standoffs in every major city and state, you know, around you know, the country, this ain't us, man. Americans, we better than this. And hopefully our officers can become better than what they've been. I'm not saying all cops are bad cops, but, hey, man, even in the words of Wale the rapper, like he said, 27 years I never met a good cop. And it's hard for many of us to disagree with that sentiment. Again, be well, live well. Talk to you soon.